start. Uh, by start, I mean continue this wonderful journey that has been the Media Boat Podcast. As today marks a special episode for us. It is a special occasion that yes. has been some time in the making. Yeah. A pregnancy. Oh. Of. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. Let me finish my statements. Wait, okay. Uh, a pregnancy of joyfulness. Oh. Okay. I mean, aren't mo- well. I I am I am <laughs> pregnant with episodes. Yes. Fulfilled with episodes. What is going on? What trimester are you in? Uh, I, I believe this is the uh, 65th trimester. That's too many. That baby should have already come out. I mean... Uh, <laughs> so that works. Yeah, well, divide, it's 200 divided by 3 is okay. 60... Uh, seven, yeah, 68. What we're getting at is that today is the 200th episode of this fine podcast here. Oh, we, well, is that accurate? We hit 200? I think it's accurate. We've uh, hit... 200 regular episodes of the show. Obviously, there's more than that if you include our special episodes we've recorded over the years. Well, plenty of specials and... and by years, I mean years. Yes. Because as we went over last week, this is year four. <laughs> as we realized <laughs> last week... If this thing was college, we'd almost be done. We'd be seniors. Uh, can you believe that? Can we do it over? No. <laughs> it just goes on forever like so, this. So is this us graduating podcast college? Yeah. Just like vitamin C says. What do you mean, Spooky Bear says? Um, ah, hi, yes, let's start this over. This is the Media Boat Podcast. This I don't want to start this over. We're number 200. 200. I want to start back at 1. Today is November the 6th, 2019. Unless we're boys to men. No, we're Brian McKnight. We're Brian McKnight. Because we started back, back at, at 1. one. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh, this is a podcast, if you're not familiar. The Media Boat Podcast is a podcast about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. Just, um, just sure, yeah, just yeah, sure. but in some order. Um, I am Matt, and with me here is Mike. I am Mike, he is Matt, we sure. are the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah. And we're here to bring you news and Drop stuff. Some knowledge And on you. we've been doing this for 200 episodes, so... We have a formula. We have, we have a formula, we have some bits that we always throw in here. Although, I don't think we, we have, have bits. bits today. We don't have bits this week, although... <laughs> Although it would have been a good time to have have some bits. But there wasn't enough news this week. Kind of a slow week. Um, This is kind of the doldrums um, between holidays. Like we had Halloween festivities last week. We uh, we have uh, Veterans Day coming up on Monday, which I do not have off. Um, Well, it is a Monday. God forbid I get a day off. Uh, (laughs) Most people don't have a uh, Monday off. And then, of course, the... um, uh, the, the the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays to come. So yeah, we're in that like weird valley where everybody's just kind of contemplating uh, the anticipation uh, for the holidays. But uh, yeah, I guess you have to count national holidays for people because yeah. some people, some people do. are not a, can't take a week's vacation off right. for no reasons. Reasons. Raisins. For delicious reasons. Delicious, uh, chocolate delicious. covered caramels. Chocolate covered reasons. All right, well, which means we should probably just get the show started. Why I believe not? we have started. Uh, but yes, let's get right into the news. We as... always start <laughs> yes. the Media Book Podcast with movies. And we always start the movies section with a weekend box office numbers. And let me tell you, it is a reassuring to get one right for once. 
I mean, we've gotten them right before in the past. Yeah, but not recently. We've been on kind of a lousy streak. The well, whose fault is really that? That is the Joker's fault. Is the that Joker's is the fault studio's here. fault for not marketing these things correctly and throwing Hail Marys in the yeah. dead of October. Hail Marys Hell are... Hail Marys? Hail Marys. There we go. I mean... Hail Marys. Hail Marys are for Aaron Rodgers on Sundays. Yeah. And no, that's uh, it. We call it this, this one, though. This one's an easy one. Uh, because we have a new... Terminator movie in our midst. Terminator colon Dark Fate is your new uh, number one this week, making $29 million, which sounds pretty small. Compared to compared everything to else. What do you yes. think a Terminator movie would do? But you know what? It's okay because it beat Joker, which is the important part. And it's, uh, what, fifth week? Uh, fourth, fourth? Fourth week? Fifth week, maybe? Joker, uh, $13 million, adding to a big pile of money 299 million domestic uh yes that is domestic i think we noted last week that it uh that a new record holder it is for the, rated films yeah in november yep. or no in october no it, uh, of all time but also of all time of all time yes uh so yeah um terminator yeah dark fate people saw it yeah and people immediately regretted seeing it apparently i've heard mixed things uh i've Some heard... people really love this thing really yeah okay I have not heard those people. Maybe they need to speak up louder. Apparently it's like the, uh, the movie maybe... version, the movie equivalent to uh, uh, other uh, big releases that came that are coming out today that have divided the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at you, Death Stranding. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, Brian, uh, you're filling up your other uh, numbers in your top five here. Uh, number three, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, another $13 million. That's at 85. Domestic? Not terrible. Not great, though. It'll cross the 100 domestic, which crawl, is... Crawl. Through. Crawl it, yeah. Uh, number four, Harriet. $11 million debut. I didn't see a whole right. lot of marketing for it. And The Addams Family, uh, number five. Another $8 million. $85 million for that one, too. Still technically your number one family, family film. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's fifth in the box office. You ain't taking the kids to Terminator, let me tell you. <laughs> If you're wondering about your other two uh, new releases that we talked about last week... Yeah, wasn't there another kids release in there somewhere? Yeah, there is. We'll get to that in a sec. But first, number nine, all the way down to number nine with, a, with only $3.5 million, Motherless Brooklyn. Uh, Apparently, uh, I mean, it probably wasn't full release, right? It said wide release. That is wide? Okay. Well, uh, then again, wide release is anything over 2,500 theaters. Right. True. And then what Is it you 2500 or 1500 uh, I think that was fifteen. Might be 1500 Closer to 1000 I thought it was the 1000 rule. Is it, uh, yeah. And then way down, uh, right below it, number 10, Arctic Dogs, uh, the other kids' movie. That looked real, real bad. Uh, $2.9 million. Yes, this is Balto on a budget. That's <laughs> good. I like that. <laughs> budget Balto. Upcoming this weekend, though, if you want to see... Um, some possibly better movies. All right, what is a possibly better movie? Well, we got a bunch. We got something for everybody here. Literally something for everybody. There's uh, so many movies coming out this week. What is coming out this week? First up, Midway. Uh, yes. This one. Okay, I have a question. Don't tell me anything about this until you answer my question. Okay. Is this a movie, one, or A, about World War Two, or B, about the arcade video game company? <laughs> Please let it be number two and not number one. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint your colon. Ah, 
but it is a number one. Damn it. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch a movie about Midway. That's what I want to watch. Like, give me uh, NBA Jam. Give me friggin' uh, uh, California Cruising. Yeah, yeah, Cruising USA. Cruisin USA. Give me. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what were you, okay? you saying? You okay, down here, nostalgic bro. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, Midway. It is the World War II biopic based on a true story, not biopic, based on a true story. Okay. A la Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Uh, the Michael Bay Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah, because everybody wants to know that a movie is like that. Why? Why? Yes, it is high action packed. Classic just in time. movie that everybody loves, Pearl Harbor. It gave us Ben Affleck. It. Did. It did not. It had like a star before Pearl Harbor. Don't yeah. give me that. Don't even try. It gave us nothing. Okay, sure. It anyway. gave, gave you nothing. It gave us uh, Michael Bay. That, that movie's 20 years old this year. Yes, it is. Alright, anyway. Um, anyways, yeah, that movie comes out uh, just in time for Veterans Day, uh, yes. which, by the way, Monday. is Monday. I think we may have or may not have we, mentioned, we mentioned that. that already. May have mentioned that already. We're beating ourselves this podcast a lot. It's okay. We've only totally done like two hundred of these. Only. Uh, but yeah, no. This is um, looks like TV actors trying to make the jump to film. Uh-huh. Um, could be interesting. Probably oh, number one. <laughs> I don't know. It's midway. It's like uh-huh. they're. All, it's like they're starting to run out of battles. World War Two battles or something. Something like that. Did uh, Midway put out? Yeah, Midway put out Mortal Kombat back in the arcade game arcade days. Like originally? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That was a Midway game. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, uh, you also have coming out this week, Better Days. Ah yes, Better Days. Um, this is getting a <laughs> wide release, but this is probably something you won't necessarily see at your local theater. Okay. As this is a Chinese movie uh, coming Ooh, out in the U.S. I see. Yes. Uh, the basic premise of this story, I had to read up on this because, you know, no marketing for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Better Days is about the uh, high school entrance exams in uh, Japan or China. In Japan. In China. Okay. Where, where um, all the high schoolers, all the high school students... <laughs> take these exams to determine if they can go on to university uh-huh. or go to a trade skill. Yeah. And this is leading up to that event where one of the students gets so stressed out that she decides to run away and gets caught up into a gang life. Oh, no. Okay, that took a turn. Yeah. Is this live action? Yes. Sound, for some reason, I was imagining anime. So was I. Yeah, okay. All but right. no. At least the poster when said, said action. Japanese kids in school, I immediately just go to anime for some reason. That's it's a popular that genre. That is a very popular so, genre. Yeah. yeah, I guess it makes sense. But, um, okay. That sounds like something I never want to see. Moving on. Playing with Fire. Ah, yes. Um, so, this is not, J- not Dwayne Johnson, uh-huh. but rather... Um, John Cena. John Cena. Do, 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 do. Is it really John Cena? Yes, it's John Cena. I was right, okay. Yeah. 
You didn't confirm. I didn't know. For well, sure. no, because I was going to go with the not Dwayne Johnson's attempt at a family film. But John Cena's. But John attempt Cena's attempt at a family film. film. As, oh, okay. I know what this is now. I've seen ads for this. Yes, because uh, it all stars Keegan Michael Key. Right. I was watching some Disney Junior with my niece last night. As you and, do. As as I do once a week. And uh, yes, the ads for this came up. Not Disney Junior. Sorry, Nick Junior. And some ads for this came up, and I was like, "Oh, that's great! John Cena doing the splits, and kids laughing at him, and uh, that literal the song that like I associate it with Christmas, but it's not explicitly a Christmas song, but that like do 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 that's been in every like stupid when that's your sign when you know there's going mm-hmm. a, a stupid kids holiday comedy. Yep. Yeah." Brought this back up. I want to say the first, the oldest movie I can remember to do that was like Jingle All the Way. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so remember when The Rock did the game plan and he oh, yeah. had to take care of a kid? Remember when Vin Diesel did the pacifier? And had to take care of a kid? kid? Remember when The Rock did the tooth fairy? And had to take care of the, the teeth? Oh, I guess not the, kid. <laughs> the kids' teeth. <laughs> yeah, the kids' teeth. Uh, but yeah, yeah. This is John Cena doing this. Yeah, yes. This is John Cena's turn of adult macho man taking care of mm-hmm. the kid. I'll say there's also a Jackie Chan version of this as well. Did Jackie Chan do that? I feel like that was the one thing he didn't do, but I could be wrong. Uh, no. I want to say he was. Oh, well, I guess he wasn't a kid, but the tuxedo. Oh, the tuxedo. Yeah, that's a pretty good example. Of that. All right, let's move on. That's not the. Believe it or not, those are not the only movies coming out. We're done. No, what else is coming out? The two big releases this week. Oh, there's two bigger releases. Yeah, the two heaviest marketed ones. Oh, okay. Um, Last Christmas, your first Christmas movie of the Christmas season, and we are not even in December yet. Nope, but I will probably end up seeing this this weekend. As while the ads have been running, I have been constantly been reminded that hey. <laughs> I want to see that film, not quoted by me. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Someone near you. Yes, so my doctor. Has expressed interest. Has expressed heavy interest in seeing this film. So we'll probably do a date night to go see this film this there weekend. And then if that does not sound like your speed and you're more of a Stephen King person, uh, Dr. Sleep. I was going to say, It Chapter 2 already came no, out. No, Dr. Sleep, which is my Pet Cemetery already came out this year. No, think more the cinematic sequel, and why I mean cinematic, like sequel to the movie, not the book, uh, The Shining. The Shining? Yes, The Shining, as um, The Simpsons. Right, no, The Shining. uh, This is apparently supposed to be a, a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Right, and not Stephen King's Not specifically the Stephen King's short story, nor uh, his version of The Shining, which I think was a TV movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is that. So, yes. maybe it'll be good, I don't know. I don't know, but they're having, all the ads have heavily lead into the fact that it is The Shining right. movie. Dude. Essentially. Because when you see on the uh, marquee, Dr. Sleep, yeah. does it really connect with doesn't, The Shining? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you Sleep. may have some uh, apples and oranges going on there. Dr. Sleep. Paging Dr. Sleep. 
You're, yeah. you're paid your doctor sleep. Your box office is bombed. And that's it for new releases. So what do you think? I think that this is... I don't know if any of these can get number one. Uh, maybe last Christmas? Well, like I said, I think I'm going with Midway because it really? is the Veterans Day film. If you say so. But I'm going to play it safe here and go with last Christmas. But it's not Christmas time uh, yet. Doctor Sleep. Actually, doc, maybe Doctor Sleep. You want to go with Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep over last Christmas. I can't, I'm, I've got the two being very close in my mind. Because they're two very different audiences. Yes, they are. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'll, I'll say Dr. Sleep. That's, I'll, I'll put my mind Okay, on. enjoy 10th place at the box office. Tenth while 10th place! <laughs> Dramatic much. While I take my probably second place tier second with place. Uh, Midway. Because <laughs> I think the lovey-doveyness that is uh, Last Christmas will be the number one film unfortunately <laughs> or maybe fortunately i don't know we'll see all we'll right see. but that will have to wait till next week because that is it for uh box office which means oh you so say why don't why i think it's number one why the guy is was the lead in crazy rich asians oh that guy yeah okay also the female yeah. lead is amelia clark oh you might I might be right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you next week. I think it'll be close. It will be close. All right. Did you see any movies uh, before we move on to movie news that you would like to talk about right now? Uh, I saw Moana on TV again. That is not a 2019 <laughs> release. No, but I, I will be talking about Moana later. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Movie news. Let's right. start instead of the world of Disney. Let's start in the world of Harry Potter. Why don't we? All right, so the Wizarding World Wizarding of Harry World Potter. of Harry Potter. Uh, Warner Brothers has greenlit uh, the third Fantastic Beasts movie. There what was going to be a third. There is going to be a third Fantastic Beasts movie. Did Get ready. anyone hate the second Get one? Get your butt ready, because there's a third one coming. Um, it, uh, production will start in spring 2020. It is, wor- is rumored that Jessica Williams, who was featured only briefly in Part 2, will have a bigger role this time around. Uh, her character, Professor Lolly Hicks, uh, being a professor at the American equivalent to Hogwarts. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, and Johnny Depp are all set to return. Uh, David Yates is returning to directing. Mm-hmm. And again, the screenplay written by J.K. Rowling herself and Steve Cloves. The first Fantastic Beasts film was set in 1927 New York City, with the second in Paris. The third film being set in Rio de Janeiro. This will continue the Wizarding World, expanding yes. on the world part as they go to South America next. The two films made $1.47 billion together at the global box office, and the third installment set open November 12, 2021. So, a little over a year. Uh, two years. 2021. Yeah, over two years from now. Over two years, which means they'll get a year in Break. production <laughs> while they do a year in post-production. Because those yeah, things I mean, are heavily post-production. I mean, Harry Potter break, because yeah, I can't imagine there being anything Harry Potter next year. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, there was no Harry Potter this year either. No. So we'll have two years removed. Two years hopefully on, two years to off. <laughs> cleanse the palate of the Wizarding World. Yes. Uh, and maybe within the next year, throw in some goodwill, as it will be the 20th anniversary? I think the 20th of the books has already passed. 
The 20th, the movies will be next year, I want to say, or maybe we got 2001. You know what? Might be. Oh, I think one. it's 21. It might be a might, yeah. might be a one. So maybe two more years. So maybe they'll, they'll ramp up, say, 20 years. And do the Disney thing where they say yeah. it's the anniversary for three years, the year before, during, and after. I refuse, by the way. <laughs> I can't believe we're getting to the point where stuff from the 2000s is going to be turning 20 years old. I'm not ready for this. We, we just celebrated the Matrix I know, anniversary. I know, but for some reason, 1999 seems still like, that makes sense that that's old. But 2000 onwards, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for the 20th anniversary of the GameCube. Matt, I'm going to blow your mind here. <laughs> 2030 is closer than 1999. Good lord. It's painful. It's painful. <laughs> Alright. That is a true... Just, just uh, think yeah, about that. Yeah, it's true. Paw! That doesn't mean I have to like it. No, Moving no. on uh, to things I do like. Nicolas Cage. Hey, we all like Nicolas Cage. Who who doesn't like Nicolas Cage? He's just I think one some, of our treasures. I think some... He could be... One of national, our national treasures. treasures. Uh, Cage... Uh, you know, everyone knows, he loves wacky concepts. And this next one... Well, yes, he's one of those, what would, like... Yeah. The most outlandish concept, just throw Nicolas Cage in it. Just throw him in there. So what's the, the new... The new future, future hit that he might be involved in here. Uh, Wally's Wonderland. Cage no. will play a janitor forced to spend the night in a twisted amusement park where he is pulled into a living nightmare as the threatening animatronic characters come to life. He has to fight his way from one monster to another to survive until morning and get out of the park. Uh, Kevin Lewis, uh, who directed The Drop and The Third Nail, will direct Cage, noting that, quote, For me, there was always one actor and one actor only who could make this movie work, and that actor is Nicolas Cage. Now, this sounds very familiar to Five Nights at Freddy's. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, mixed with, like, Night Museum. Yeah, I wonder if this Wally's adventure is in any connection to Vacation and Wally World? Uh, probably not. Probably not? I can't imagine. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of which, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is still stuck in development hell. <laughs> Chris Columbus is still somehow attached to direct, and Blumhouse is doing a massive overhaul of the script. It could be even longer till we see that go into production. So, yeah, maybe Nick Cage will beat him to the theater. Yeah, and that update was uh, three weeks ago Yeah, that they had to redo the script. I mean, I feel like you missed a window for a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. See, because that's what they said about the Angry Birds movie. And, and they yet, made two of those. They made two of those. I heard also today on a podcast uh, that apparently there's still... Movie rights for Fruit Ninja. Okay. That were optioned, and that movie is still being made. Hmm. And I'm like, you definitely missed the window on Fruit Ninja, right? Like, that'd uh, be like making a movie about Flappy Bird. Can, can you not? I would. I would love a movie about Flappy Bird. Don't get it's me just, wrong. It's just a bird that's literally trying to learn to fly. Yeah. That's a short film. That is a short, short. film. Yeah. Pitch that to Pixar. I try to think of a stuff. Fruit Ninja. Yeah, Fruit Ninja, I don't know how you make that into a movie. I, I think you just... <laughs> uh, there should be a, a regular ninja school. Ninja uh, Academy. Where it just... Where instead of, like, throwing random objects, they specifically throw fruit. fruit. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's a cooking school. 
Uh-huh. Where he's, he becomes a ninja as he cuts up fruit. Yeah. Oh. And vegetables. Oh, here we stuff. go. What if that's the setup, but then the twist is that the villain is secretly using, like, uh, lab-grown pesticides in, like, a local farm, and the fruit comes to life. And then Ooh. the ninja has to use his culinary skills, his ninja-like culinary skills, to become a real ninja and chop up the angry fruit that's attacking him. But here's the thing, though. Okay. The chef yeah. is not just an ordinary culinary chef. Okay. No. When he was young, he grew up in a ninja academy. Uh-huh. But when he left, he found his love of cooking, uh-huh. and that's why he went to cooking school. Yes. So he is a ninja. Ninja. And this is all sponsored by Ninja Blenders. <laughs> I okay, mean, that, that, that's, that's right. the final boss right where's there. Our, where's <laughs> our meeting with Warner Brothers? How can we pitch this? This is a Sony pitch. Where are you a at? Sony pitch? All right. No. Whatever we just did is probably going to be way better than the actual Fruit Ninja movie. Okay. Quick, write that down. Write that down. Uh, write that let, uh, put it on a letter. Seal it. Mail it to ourselves. Nobody can steal it. Well, we'll Do we'll not seal on it. Open up in 200 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so 400 will go. We finally made our Fruit Ninja movie. Right. No, no, because by then Fruit Ninja will still not have come out. And still finally, not out. We can finally pitch this. <laughs> Okay, that's it for movie news. All right. Uh, any last thoughts, real quick? Any, any last thoughts? Am I dying? <laughs> is there... Any last movie this thoughts? Is this <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no more movie thoughts. Let's move on. All television. right. Let's move on to TV, and we start TV. The sports. Oh, sports corner. Sports corner. All right. The penultimate NASCAR race is this weekend. Ever or just this season? Just this season. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, they've been in the playoffs for a month now. But we are finally coming towards the end. There are NASCAR playoffs. Yeah, we are finally coming okay. towards the finish line of NASCAR of, of the NASCAR season. Like the metaphorical finish line and the literal and literal finish line. Flags. Um, okay, so that will be sometime this weekend. Uh, the penultimate is this weekend, which means the finals are next weekend. The ultimate. Yes, the ultimate. That's how it works. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, basketball. The Philadelphia Six. Sorry. 76ers, I was going to reverse it. I was going to go 67ers. Yeah, 69ers. Nice. Are the last team to go undefeated at 5-1, to one, joining the Heat and Lakers as the only teams with one loss. Uh, yep, they're the last team to fall. Last year, the was it last year or two years ago? Uh-huh. Two years ago, <laughs> uh, the uh, the Golden State Warriors went 22 games before they had their first loss and only lost Four, three games the entire year? And what, this season they've lost every game? <laughs> yeah, we probably lost every game this year. Uh, anyway. But yeah, those three teams, the 76ers, the Heat, and the Lakers, yeah. are your current front runners as we uh, are edging on double-digit games. Oh, okay. We are edging on the double-digit games. 10th uh, okay. tenth, tenth game of the season. Okay. Good to know. Uh, other sports. Do you have any other sport tidbits? Anything about for those of you in fantasy? Oh, sorry. For those of you in fantasy football, this will be this is week ten coming up. Uh, by apocalypse for most people, as <laughs> eight teams will be on by. Oh. Uh, I don't know why the NFL. Does I thought this it was just us. when you know all the all the player all the fantasy people like they go on dates with um, whoever they choose. By apocalypse. By, by apocalypse. Sure. And it goes really badly, I guess, because of the apocalypse. Yeah, so, so, where's the apocalypse part of that? Bi- bi- yes. Uh, 
Ah, uh, but yeah, yeah. Make okay. sure to set your lineups. Also, because it's week ten for most standard leagues, this is the last week to do any trades. Uh, we also have three weeks left until fantasy playoffs. If you're making it, I'm not in one of my leagues, unfortunately. But Aww. fortunately, I am in two other ones. Hey, hey. that's why you do multiple leagues. Yeah, <laughs> I don't put all my fantasy. Yeah, one of them. Odds are. Don't put all my fantasy in one yeah, basket. Definitely, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> all right, uh, that's it then for sports. Let's move right out of that into proper television. Oh, news. quickly in sports, ah. uh, MLB. <laughs> The Baseball. awards are out. Yes. Or the, the award nominations, nominations are out. Happen. But we will have the actual awards next week as they'll be announced on Monday, I think. Rooting for our man Mike Trout, as always. Yep, and any angels. Oh, speaking of angels, apparently yes. Cole Calhoun will, will return. Oh. Yeah. Huh. You, you, they won't sign him back for a year, so he's a free agent. Well, poof. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. No, no more Cole Calhoun. Well, Cole Calhoun? Nope. We'll see. Nope. We'll see. All right, moving on. To television news. Yes. Our first story about our uh, little colorful friend, Peacock. What'd you say? Peacock. Do we have to bleep that? My Peacock cock cock. I think we have to bleep that. Where, where's the buzzer here? Are we on the five second delay? We're an explicit no. podcast. Oh. It's okay. Oh, okay. Thank Peacock you. Uh, is the name of <laughs> NBC's upcoming streaming service. They, of course, put their hat in the, the ring alongside Disney, HBO, uh, everyone else. Uh, Warner's uh, HBO is Warner. Hmm? HBO Max. <laughs> that Warner's is, that's, those are all the same thing. Stop saying variations on it. CVS All Access. CVS yes, CVS All Access. Yes. To give you long receipts. It, it, it's, it's how they let you into the premium club. <laughs> yes. It's CBS All yes. yes. But Peacock is going to try something a little different than the others. They are considering giving away the ad-supported version of their service. For free. What? To everyone. Uh, hold on. Time out. Yeah. What's our saying on this podcast? It's a business. This does not sound like a business plan. Well, I mean, it does when you consider this is the ad-supported version. I guess. So traditional pay TV subscribers and Comcast customers, though, might get benefits from Peacock. But an ad-free service will come with a fee, of course. The new plan would be to give away the ad-supported streaming service to anyone who wants it, and an ad-free product would be also available for a charge, though there may be multiple tiers for those who are Comcast customers. The streaming service will include back episodes of shows owned by uh, NBC and the like, including The Office and Cheers, as well as new originals that we have yet to see. So, um, this is smart. I think this mm-hmm. is this is really reminiscent of the Hulu, the original Hulu model. Yes. Uh, which was like, hey, you know what? We're going to have our stuff. People are going to sit through the same ads over and over again and watch them. And you know what? That's fine with us. And the power users will pay us. And you know who originally started that? They did. Yes, they did. <laughs> because they were part of the conglomerate that started Hulu. Yep. So it's like, I think this is really smart because they're basically taking advantage of the anxiety that a lot of people have right mm-hmm. now of how much money that they're going to blow on streaming services in the next couple of years. So this is basically NBC saying, no, we got you. Here's ours, and you don't even have to pay for it if you don't want to. You just have to add, watch some painless ads, and we'll give you all the cheers you want. Now, I hope they keep the, the model or the advertising uh, time down to 90 seconds. Yeah. The, the, That's going to be the big thing. A, a, made that a thing. 
Except there are still exceptions to that. Yes, but uh, I yeah. want to say because I have Hulu, uh, Simple Plan, whatever, Basic. You have the band to Simple Plan. No, I have Hulu Basic. Oh. But yes, they're also on my that playlist. <laughs> Simple Plan. That's on playlist. Uh, but yeah, but I have Hulu Basic, and they've run the ads when so I when I watch when I'm going back and watching episodes of This Is Us, which is an NBC show. Yes. And if it's anything like that model. I think this is good. This will definitely work. I think it will be. I can't imagine that they blow it on the ad front. I mean, they're already basically doing this with the NBC website where you can watch shows yeah. from the past week. It's that. It's just that. That's and all this is. that is, as long as they don't, like I said, go over the the two-minute, I want to say two-minute mark, yeah, the two-minute ad mark, then you'll keep people. Because as soon as you start doing three... 300 seconds, 600 yeah, seconds. Yeah, just too much. That's what just becomes, like, unnecessarily ad stuffed in there. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, hey, this is a good move. Yeah, make, it's a good move. Make it available. smart. Yep. They're taking advantage of people being wary mm-hmm. of how much this is going to cost. What else is um, uh, happening in the streaming world is HBO Max keeps getting out there making deals, and their newest deal that they've made is with the continuing, ever-evolving world of dramas on television based on DC Comics. Uh, well, if it's a drama based on DC Comic, there's only one man for the job. Greg Berlanti. <laughs> he continues to add to his record-breaking TV series tally by setting two more DC Comics-inspired series at HBO Max. He will be taking a second try at the world of Green Lantern after previously penning the screenplay for the 2011 film we don't like talking about. No one likes talking about it. <laughs> I believe Ryan Reynolds shot himself mm-hmm. for talking about it. The second series is the anthology series Strange Adventure. Ooh. That will be an hour-long drama that explores close-ended morality tales about intersecting lives of mortals and superhumans. This makes Berlanti's HBO Max shows tally to four, as those two shows will join his other producing shows, The Flight Attendant, starring Kaylee Cuoco, and the LGBTQ-themed documentary series Equal. All told, Berlanti now has 21 television series across seven different platforms. Um, that guy's getting paid. How does that man... Do it. Like, what is his day? Can you just imagine the just stack of scripts he's got to review? The just you also imagine the endless the endless twenty one teams that he runs that is in charge of, and he has to meet with all of them, teleconference with all of them. I'm sure, like he's got to have people constantly revolving door at his office. Okay, wait, I I got this. Okay, there's seven days a week. Uh huh. I assume he doesn't take a day off. I was gonna say there's seven days a week. He's invented an eighth. He's invented the eighth, and he gets all his that's day how he off. Did it. That's how he did it. That's how, that's how he takes his day off. Solve because it. seven days a week, he has to worry about three shows a day. Yeah. And each show is <laughs> at least three hours. So that's three, six, nine. That's nine hour days for seven days a week. Uh, this man is clinically insane. <laughs> Good thing he has all that money to go see a psych. Too much, man. Too much. Ugh. But I guess all power to you. Keep setting those records, Berlanti. I mean, people will still watch these people shows. Watch them. And it's that good. This is, if anything, this is good news for the Toronto, or is it Vancouver? Is it Vancouver or Toronto? 
One of those. One of those Canadian. Either Vancouver or things. Toronto um, film industry. Yes, it is. All right. That's it for television news. All right. You watched a couple of televisions. Ah, uh, yes, I did. So last week you mentioned that you were almost done with The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Yes. Now you are done with this uh, debut season of the yes. series. Yes. Uh, tell me, uh, how are your feelings about the series now that the se- season has wrapped up? They're relatively the same as yeah. the first the first pilot episode, but I want to say I like the show even more as the season went on. Because as it went on, it did delve into more of like the uh, Christian side, like the the preacher side, and how oh, right, a right. lot of the child evangelists. Side. Yeah, but how a lot of it was intercut between what you're saying and what you're doing. Show don't tell, but tell and then show, <laughs> and it's really well done. Um, Danny McBride has a clear hit on his hands here. I really hope they're able to bring back the entire cast for this because, oh, they just melt so well. And you know how I don't like Adam Devine in pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. But I like him in this. Okay. I like well, I like because they like they basically kick him down every episode. Uh-huh. But he's charming enough to fight back. I was really back. talking to somebody who didn't know who Adam Devine was, and I said, "Congratulations." Congratulations! Don't I wish out. I was you. <laughs> don't find out. Or, oh no, no. The, then they'll show a picture like. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, that guy's fun. Yeah. That's actually, probably what they're going to go with. I, I wasn't that clever. I think I probably did say something like, oh, uh, he's like, and I drew, drew a blank on what he was in. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, he's that guy. Cause, I, cause, you recognize him if you saw him. Because you don't want to say the Adam Devine show on Comedy Central, which no one watched. <laughs> but, like, he's just one of those guys where if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. Because it's like, he's got just a punchable face. Right. I um, mean, you don't want to bring up Jexy, I think. Oh, God. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, this whole cast works. It works well together. Um, I, I love John Goodman as the, the powerhouse of the dad. Um, it's really well done, really well made. It definitely hits on all the comedic points, and I'm looking forward to season two. And did we say it had season three? I believe that it did get renewed for two. For two, so right. Yeah, okay, right. so yeah. We will definitely right. see more Righteous Gemstones. HBO likes to do that with their renewals. Yeah. Then you also watched uh, something that happened this last night, the the previous night to the recording uh, this podcast. Yes, I uh, watched Moana. No, no. I'm talking about The Little Mermaid Live on yes. ABC. Yes. Uh, so, like I was saying, I yeah. watched Moana. No, I keep correcting you. Is the Little Mermaid live? And let me correct you. As <laughs> the Little Mermaid live starred Aluli Cravalho, so AKA Moana. She can be in other things. Yes. Besides Moana, she was in Rise. Yeah. You know that show, show. on NBC. Like two, two, two episodes or something. Uh, it lasted a season. Oh, a season. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Um, Little Mermaid, live, starring Aluli Cravalho, John Stamos, I want to say one of the One Direction kids, <laughs> as kid. Prince Eric, and then we realized, wow, I must be old because I don't know who this kid is. Yeah, you're okay. Also, isn't Prince Eric supposed to be older? And I guess not. I mean, that's probably smart, so that way they keep her, keep them about the same age. 
Well, because Ariel's 16. It's less weird, yeah. So, yeah, it is supposed to be less right, weird. Because it's never really clear how old Eric is in the film. No, even though he <laughs> has a strong jawline in the film. <laughs> uh, but um, this is this was not uh, like your typical live performances that of like NBC inter- or uh, Fox. Yeah, because it was like interstitched with actual just like straight up the movie. Right, so it because those... Because the NBC and Fox stuff were musicals, they did it like a live show production. This, however, was just the musical elements sung live. Yeah. So it was just like this ooey-gooey, mac and cheesy mm-hmm. thing thrown together mm-hmm. that weirdly worked. Uh-huh, it looks like it. I mean, <laughs> it showed, like, when it was just the, the film talking, it showed the film. Yeah. And, but... As soon as it went to one of the musical numbers, then it cut to the live audience and, like, the whole production going on. It's a neat idea. It is very interesting uh, how they were able to pull this off. So more or less it worked? More or less it did indeed work. Uh, I was a little worried, like, well, is it just going to be the play? It says live. And then it was like, oh, wait, but there's also going to be elements of the films. Like, huh, you're just going to, like cut back and forth and we're supposed to accept that it's just jumping from live action to uh, cartoon. I was like, yeah, I accepted it. (laughs) I accepted that's what was going on. And the commercial cuts were done very specifically to cut from, we're bringing you into the animated world and now we're taking you back out into the live and then we're going to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we can, so that way we can reset you as an audience back into the animated in the into the live action. But that's cool. A little girl can sing. Well, yeah, we knew that. We knew that, but uh, she hit those Jody Benson notes. Good. Who Jody Benson was there? I saw. Yes, I saw the very beginning of it. So I saw her do the do the kind of intro. Yes, uh, thirty years that film has been out. Oof. Yeah, it was its 30th anniversary, I guess, this was in timing for, so. Yep. Yeah, 89, that checks out. 89, ugh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're old. But uh, anyway. this was fun. I actually enjoyed it. It weirdly kept my attention. I kept wanting to, like, look away and do other stuff, but, like, it just keep pulling me back. It kept holding my attention, which is the sign of a good production. When you're able to yeah. pull people's attention towards you. Um, it was really well done. Really good put on. I do think like the two added songs were a bit much. Uh, but overall, I didn't mind them as okay. much as I thought I would. Um, good sign. It's good. It, I mean, the production value was definitely good. Definitely um, well done on this. I kind of torn if I want to see more of this kind of thing or not. Because while I think they definitely have their hit on their hand here, yeah, I don't know how well that will translate to a lot of other stuff, right? Or if I'm just gonna, or if they're just gonna say, "Well, we're doing it. You're gonna watch it anyways because it's your favorite movies." Like, I guess so. But I see what they did with Little Mermaid, even though they do have a Little Mermaid live action film currently in production. Yeah, but this is gonna be so different. It is definitely That's very different. Be different from what this is. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Did you watch any other television? Uh, Nothing worth noting. Uh, 
I didn't. No. Did not either. So that oh, means. Um. Yes. Well. Well. No, no. I didn't watch it. But for those of you who are stuck on the Food Network, Holiday Baking Championship is Yay. back. For Thanksgiving, I think. I think they do Thanksgiving first, and then they do. And they do the Christmas. The day. Christmas stuff, but yeah, Holiday Baking Championships are currently going on. Cool. Yay. All right. Let's move on. Uh, next up, cancellations and renewals. Uh, you didn't watch anything? I did not. Okay. First up in cancellations and renewals, Netflix is bringing back another life for another life, a.k.a. season two. Another life? Another life. Not second life. Lodge 49, meanwhile, in AMC, canceled after two seasons. Uh, okay, done. Creep show. We'll get a second season on Shudder. Ooh. I Shudder. I, I felt that. Pennyworth. We'll get a second season on Epics. That is the Alfred Pennyworth. Yes. The Eric Andre Show. We'll get a fifth season on Adult Swim. Uh, do note here, even though it's getting a fifth season, it has not been on the air since 2015. Yeah. Uh, but they're not, they may or may not be doing a time skip, but it's... Just a fifth season because Eric Andre got kicked off of. I'm sorry, nothing didn't get kicked off of. All the other shows Eric Andre was on apparently weren't that successful. Hmm. So he's going back. Okay. <laughs> the Great Christmas Light Fight. The Great Christmas Light Fight. Yep. We'll get an eighth season on ABC. Yes, it will. This is your holiday special. Cheap to make, easy to produce. Yeah. Uh, put your Christmas lights up, and let's see who has the best one. Okay. Pearson, canceled after one season on USA. Uh, yep, don't know what this was. Nope. It is not related to the Pearsons of This Is Us, so don't be nope. alarmed. NBC has canceled The In-Between after one season. Uh, they're getting out of The In-Between. Okay. And then, lastly, in cancellations and renewals, FX is bringing... Mayan's MC uh, back for a third season. The MC, I believe, is Motorcycle Club? Yes, because it's a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Alright, now moving to deaths. I guess we're making up for not having deaths for the last two weeks by having a bunch. Eh, not a bunch, but a bunch. Gay Byrne, age 85, host of Late Late Show, Gay Byrne Show, classic television host. Yep. Uh, Brian Tarantina, age 60, actor, was in uh, recently... Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's one of City by the Sea, One Life to Live. So, a television actor. Character actor. Yeah. Uh, his background, mostly, but had yeah. some bit parts. Bernard Slade, age 89, a screenwriter. Worked on Same Time Next Year, The Flying Nun, and The Partridge Family. So, mm -hmm. a television writer. Uh, television and, well, screenplay, yeah. Screenplay. And then John Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, I saw this one. Uh, age 77. Actor, most famous for Friday, uh, but also Wayne's Brothers, Boondocks, the occasional uh, television project. But mm -hmm. yeah, uh, beloved. I'm uh, sure this is what you've seen on your Twitter feed. Oh yeah, no, a lot of people are really, really upset. He seemed like a real, real good one. Yep. Sad loss. All right, that's it for deaths. Oh no. I hand this over to you. Okay. It's time for rebirth. Whoa. Music. Okay, as we get into music, we get into the billboard. Let's get into the billboard. All right, well, let's start billboard with uh, the singles chart and the singles chart. Yes. The Hot 100. Hottest 100. Uh, and the new number one. Yeah. Uh, new single here. 
Lose You to Love Me by Selena Gomez. Yeah. What is this? This is her return uh, after kind of being away for a while. Uh, This is a ballad, and a lot of people say that lyrically it seems to refer to her failed relationship with Justin Bieber. They broke up? A long time ago. Really? Justin Bieber is currently married to Haley Baldwin. Now Haley Haley Bieber. Wait, is that Haley Baldwin of the Baldwin family? No, not related to those Baldwins. Really? Different Baldwin. Different Baldwin? Different, completely different Baldwin, I believe. I don't want to believe you. <laughs> There's so many Baldwins, it has to be related, right? I don't think so, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Justin moved on. But yeah, Selena uh, also seems to make claims that this is not about that situation, but it seems like it might be. With a title like Lose You to Love Me... Yeah. There's not a whole lot to wiggle it's room It's basically there. the whole song is very much like Selena basically saying, hey, I needed to basically get you out of my life for me to appreciate myself is basically the theme of the song. It's fine. It's When I heard it, I was like, eh, people like this, but it's it's like a kind of a boring ballad to me. It doesn't have a big hook. You, you lost me at boring ballad. Exactly. Let's move on to the rest of the top five. Well, the rest of the top five, number two, Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi. Still there. Number three, Circles by Post Malone. Still there. Number four, Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila always, Cabello. Always there. And number five, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Yep. Just everything got everything jumbled up once Selena uh, Gomez made the top five. Yup. Uh, as for Billboard 200, your album's chart. Yes. Uh, Kanye West is yet again at the top with Jesus is King. Yes. We talked about this last week. And it's not surprising, uh, considering just like most people, even if they don't really care, they at least have the curiosity to put it on streaming for a couple times, and that's surely why this is number one. It's surely what got me to Based put it on, on curiosity alone, Kanye West can make a number one album still. Mm-hmm. Just like, people just want to know what it is. Especially when you tell people that it's a gospel album, like, what? Yeah. Kanye doing a gospel album? This? this has to be good. Like, it's one of those, like, hate listen things but also listen for the extreme curiosity that is yeah. not going to kill your cat but just might maybe but yeah this is this uh, obviously had to be number one this week right uh, number two Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone yep number three Pony by Rex Orange County yep number four Al Young Boy 2 by <laughs> Young Boy Never, Never Broke, Broke Again, Again. And number five, Over It by Summer Walker. Do you think he's going to be broke again? Uh, probably after next week, because we got some good uh, albums coming in. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to this week, but here are the new releases. Okay. We have Moon Trip Radio with Clams Casino. Oh, by Clams Casino. Yeah, remember, I tell us yep. the album names. By Clams <laughs> Casino. Although, Moon Trip Radio could definitely be a... Could be a band name. Uh, we also have Girl. Girl. Girl by Girl Ray. Makes sense. Sure. Okay. Uh, 2042 <laughs> by Keely. What You See is What You Get by Luke Combs. Okay. I'll, so I get Luke Combs. You get your Luke Combs. Got it. And lastly... Analog Fluids of Sonic Black Holes uh-huh. by Moore Mother. Yeah, real uh, slow uh, release week. This that week. Was a slow release week. <laughs> I'll probably check out the Luke Combs album. I'm not, I don't have high hopes for that thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. 
Alright, moving on to music news. Uh, you know it's still a week when we have to announce a tour dates. Yeah. Well, except for someone who may or may not actually be on tour anymore. Something. Something like that. Rage Against the Machine uh, is in the news. Well, Coachella 2020 news, that is. Yeah. As seems a little early, doesn't it? Yeah, that seems early, but it's only right around the corner. And Coachella 2020 news is coming much sooner than expected this year. Specifically, it's coming via Rage Against the Machine, starting up an Instagram account, <laughs> only to announce that they'll be reuniting for at, uh, for at least a short tour next year. Their first live appearance since 2011 will be in Indio, California. Yeah, it's like, hmm, maybe they shouldn't have spoiled uh, that a little bit. In April uh, April 10th and 17th. Hmm, if you make an announcement for India, there's really only one thing for India. Yeah. Um, yep. But this is, yeah, this is news because, you know, a lot of people, uh... Haven't seen them in a while. Nostalgic for uh, that band. And so, yeah, it would make sense for them to capitalize with a big reunion tour. Uh, the Coachella appearance will uh, be the uh, capping of their quick uh, tour for next year with the other three dates listed as El Paso on March 26th, Las Cruces on March 28th and Phoenix on March 30th All right. uh, so they're moving westward there so go rage against some machines or you know just go to Coachella and just happen to come by raging machines mm-hmm. or don't because Coachella is a desert with nothing important ever happening there <laughs> ever or live there because it's beautiful you, um, okay <laughs> sure yeah In, enjoy your non-ocean anywhere <laughs> I will it's a, it's a desert area out there yeah literally literally uh, <laughs> alright what else do we have alright uh, well another news we have one of uh, Media Boat's favorites here. Yeah. Grammy Award winning, Album of the Year Award winner, yeah. Casey Musgraves. I'm conflicted about the story. Well, Casey Musgraves has enlisted a starry lineup for her first holiday special. Yeah. And the first one to come out under the Amazon Prime Video banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, titled The Casey Musgraves Christmas Show, is set to bow. Uh, on on the streaming service on November 29th. Artists uh, who are scheduled to appear include Lana Del Rey, Camila Cabello, Troy Sivan, Zoe Deschanel, and Kendall Jenner, among other stars and guests um, uh, that are announced for the show, which uh, Musgraves calls a nostalgic Wes Anderson-inspired reimagining of the holidays. So, expect a lot of uh, pastel colors, some asymmetrical and very symmetrical (laughs) cinematography, and lots and lots of awkward running away. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Others lined up include Leon Bridges, Fred Armisen, Dan Levy, the Radio City Hall, 
Rockettes. I think it's Music Hall, right? Yeah. The Radio City Music Hall, Rockettes. Yeah. And James Corden. Yeah. Well, James Corden is there because he's also co-executive producer. Makes sense. Along with Ben Winston. Uh, Filled that role on this special. Along with Emma Conway, Casey Musgraves, and her manager, and her manager, Jason Owen. So it's a holiday special. What's there not to like? Uh, Amazon for one. <laughs> oh, we're still on the bad Amazon train. Yeah, I mean it's just frustrating. It's like of all the possible deals she could have made, like she ends up with Amazon. Uh, it's just a kind of bad timing because currently. Uh, you might not be aware of this. You might be aware of this. There's currently an ups, uh, uh, upswing of musicians that are signing a petition to basically uh, pull any support for, from Amazon uh, due to uh, them financially supporting uh, the uh, some maybe not so great elements of, of, of our, uh, our, gov- our government. I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't want to get too political. Uh, but yeah, and so uh, it's interesting that this is coming kind of in the wake of that. And so, reasonably, you have a lot of people that are like, man, Casey, like, she talks the talk a lot of the time, uh, but she's not paying attention to these, like, these these trends. Yes, but also notice that in order to get all these people signed on to announce it, this is a deal that's that been months in be, the making. It had to be already a process for it. Yeah. And I realized that, but, like, I don't know. I just wish this was on Netflix instead. That's all. Just, like, it would just be a little a little easier to swallow. Yeah, the but good news also here, imag- I also mentioned this of Amazon putting up the money to do this yeah. and not Casey doing it on herself right. trying to find a streaming platform to put this on. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We don't know what the, what the deal was. Yes. But. Uh, what I will say, though, is that the good news here is that there will also be a soundtrack to, to be released alongside the special. So if you don't want to watch it and give Amazon your time, uh, you can instead listen to it, as I'm sure there will be CD versions to buy. I'm sure it will be on streaming uh, platforms like Spotify. Oh, I'm sure. So, so yeah, uh, there will be another option for you if you want to absorb uh, this, this special in a different way. Or if you want to take a nostalgia trip, Mariah Carey released a deluxe album of her Christmas, of Merry Christmas. Um, right, yeah. That got released this past weekend, yeah, so it's you happening. can Christmas music. It's happening. listen to Christmas music already, even though, you know, Santa has not come down Main Street yet. <laughs> Give it Or Broadway. Santa's not coming weeks. down Broadway, so that's, as I say, when Santa comes down Broadway, you can blast all the Christmas music you'll want. Just wait. Wait till then. I'm even more strict. I'm a December first person. Oh, you're. You know, it has to be. December oh, 1st. you're a 25 days of Christmas person. Oh, hell yeah. No, it has to be. No, I, I, want, I want my football and turkey first <laughs> before I, I yeah. get into the holiday yeah. spirit. That's reasonable. It's a reasonable thing to want. I, I got. I have to ready myself yeah. by accepting that football is is only four weeks like left in the season. Yeah. And that. Um, fall is pretty much over by preparing myself um, yep. for the long winter. <laughs> the long winter. And it feels so long when Christmas music is playing every time. <laughs> every right. day, 24-7, everywhere. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. Is that it for that story? Uh, that's it for that story. Casey Musgraves doing a Christmas special. 
this was hinted at earlier this year, as she said that she had a holiday thing in yeah, the works. I had seen that she had mentioned that. And this is what this is. Yep. Uh, but mainly assumed it was just going to be an album. But yeah, it's hey, too. But surprise, surprise. All right, Christmas classics. What do we got? Uh, well, we have some thoughts, and as Ew. I said, if you want to listen to Mariah Carey's "Merry Christmas." Uh, 20th anniversary deluxe 25th anniversary deluxe it's currently streaming yeah or you could listen to uh, you know a bunch of other music mm-hmm. including one Miranda Lambert so yeah we talked about this in new releases last week that a new Miranda Lambert album hit uh, last week uh, and yeah uh, we weirdly we did not plan this but we both listened to it well, you told me you were going to listen to oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, was, I was going to no matter what. And I told you I was going to listen to it because <laughs> it's Miranda Lambert and has some fans. Well, uh, I am happy to report that in my opinion, I think this is the best record she's put out since Revolution in uh, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a real, real highlight. I love this thing. It's weird you say that because I listen to this thing and one, this is definitely Miranda Lambert album. It oh, sounds one hundred percent like um, like like her because it right. is her. Uh, I mean, this sounds like this like any of these songs could have come out at any time. But I think that may be a thing against it because for me, it did sound like these songs could have come out at any time. Yeah. And they don't necessarily resonate to me as 2019 Miranda Lambert. Well, you know how we were talking about, like, you know, like, uh, the country scene of people like Eric Church and people like him, which have basically written off radio completely. Yes. It's like, like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I have a sound that I like making music in, and I don't care if it alienates some of my fan base, and I don't care if I never get radio play again. Brandon Lambert has been secretly doing this almost her entire career. Mm-hmm. She had one big hit, and then radio, and country radio, for the most part, kind of left her behind. And instead, what she's been doing is she's just been knocking out of the park with every single record. And that's, I think, like, the thing here is that, like, I don't know what 2019 Brandon Lambert means, because she's kind of put out the same thing. But that's not a bad thing. Right, I know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Unlike right. Zach Brown Band, which I talked about, how they have an ever-evolving sound and will never settle on one thing, Miranda Lambert just does one thing, but she does it so yeah. well. She's the yeah. Mariana Rivera of country music. <laughs> she found a niche, she really yeah. did. She found, and it's interesting, too, because this is her first, obviously, in the wake of the earth-shattering golden hour. Like, mm-hmm. Casey Musgraves has now set a bar. Like, let's yes. be real. Like, the bar is here now. And everybody now, every mm-hmm. record that comes out after that, by unfortunately, by a woman in country music, is going to be compared to it. I don't know if that's going to be fair. You know, obviously, there's kind mm. of an element of you know weird sexism there. But that being said, you can see some post effects of Golden Hour on this record. There's one song in particular that was produced in a manner that I could have imagined being on Casey's record, and like I forget the name of it. But, 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 like, I think that you do see some effects of that where Miranda even realizes, like, oh, okay, the, the quality bar has been raised a little bit. I have to really, like, 
really prove myself on this one. And that's why I think, like I said, I think this is her best effort in a while. Because mm-hmm. last album, if you may recall, was a couple of years ago, and it was the Devil album she put out. And I remember mm-hmm. when we talked about it on this podcast, I liked it, but because it was a double album, it was an exhausting thing to get through. Wasn't that her breakup album as well? Yes. That's why, yeah. It was exhausting for that reason, too. And this does not have the weight of that. No. And I think it benefits from it. I think it gives her a little bit more freedom to play around. It gets her the option to play, like do some more fun songs. And there's a lot of fun songs on this thing. I, uh, the highlights to me being... Uh, one highlight to me being uh, the duet she does with Mary Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it too too pretty to go to jail or something like that? Yes, okay. and it's it's real good. It, there's some really fun stuff on this thing. Yeah, I really like how the album opens up with White Trash. Yeah, yeah, it's probably <laughs> the most traditional Miranda Lambert song on it, the record. It is. It's also my least favorite on the record. <laughs> I liked everything else more. Yeah. But it's because it's very much like... Well, that's where I was going to go. Country construction it's so, where it's like it's so on the nose with its metaphor. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, this is the traditional country single. This right. is the single. If there was a single, that's the single. Right. But like the rest of it is so much better. Yeah, that's like I put this album... Again, I didn't realize I put it on shuffle. Oh, you did it again. I did it again. However, <laughs> as I was listening to it, it just played through. I was like, this is a good song. Yeah. This is a good song. Mm-hmm. This is a good song. This is a good song. Yeah. This is a good song. This is a good song. <laughs> and then it went so much that because on Spotify, once you hit the end of the odd album, it'll and it's on shuffle. Yeah. It'll go to the radio play version. Oh. <laughs> and so it started playing old Miranda hits. I was like, right. this is a good song. This is a good song. This is a good song. <laughs> she's never she's never I don't think she's ever put out a bad record. No. Uh but yeah. Um But it's but but I think you do have a point though, is like it's very much like a thing. And if you don't like that thing, then you're not going to like this. Right, which is why I love what she's doing, but at the same time... She's not expanding Do I want... <laughs> well, I don't know if... Do I want her to expand? I don't know how she could, really. Like, yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine... That's the thing about Miranda. You can't imagine her being anybody but herself. Mm-hmm. And that's fine with me. You know, like, I'm fine if she just keeps putting out these solid records for the rest of her career. Yeah, it's a... Good worker. So, media put patented scale. Oh, yeah, no. Definitely check this definitely out. Definitely check this out. If you're a country fan, absolutely check this out. Yep. Uh, this is a bona fide hit of an album. May even be on a end of the year list. Oh, my, my. This year's too crazy for me. This year's I, too crazy it's for It's not you? even going to be close. Ooh. My top five has already been established, I think. Really? I'm messing around with it. I'm trying oh. to replace it right now. It's been. Deadly. Like, I thought last year was hard. This year might be hard. Cutthroat five? Yeah, it's a cutthroat five. Ooh, okay. So, we'll see. We'll get there. All right, we'll get there. But we have, to get, we have to get to the end of this podcast we first. Let's get to the end of video games. All right. And we start with video games. We start with new releases. What are the new releases this week? I don't know what you're playing. Yeah. But here are the new <laughs> releases. Hey. We have Disney Zoom Zoom Festival. I love a Zoom Zoom Festival. For the Switch. Jumanji, the video game. Jumanji, colon, colon the, video the video game. game. Also, it seems like they missed the window, but well, who am I to judge? Uh, for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, Layton's Mystery Journey, colon, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy for the Switch. Sure. And lastly, 
Need for Speed Heat for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. If you're wondering where this came from, it's because EA has buried this release. Yes. Nobody knew that this was coming out this week basically until today. They announced it at E3, and but... Everybody forgot. No marketing for it whatsoever. I don't know uh, why, but uh, what I hear is that it's just another middling open world Need for Speed game. Ooh. Yeah, it's like it's just nothing, to, nothing special. Nothing special, ooh. Again, and they just keep doing it. And it's just like, who are these for? Who are buying these games? Uh, people who have uh, a need. A need for what? A need for uh, mediocre racing games. Hey! Hey! There we go. All right. <laughs> but yeah, slow release week for video games as well. So very much slow release right. week for everything except for movies this week. I thought Death Stranding was coming out this week. Oh, De- sorry, yes. I didn't include it because it seemed so obvious. But yes, Death Stranding is uh, I mean, yes. That is the big release that everybody else got out of the way. You're right. You're right, yes. Th- thank you for including it on the notes and not me remembering <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Death Stranding, uh, yeah, as we kind of mentioned briefly earlier, uh, divisive. It is a walking game. Incredibly divisive. Or is it? It's so fascinating, too. So I listen to like five different video game podcasts mm-hmm. at this point, right? And within those five video game podcasts, I've already seen the wide array of opinions about this game. There's one site that nobody on the site likes it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all pretty much in, like, Unity, like, just not, not digging it, not getting what it's trying to do. Another website, everybody loves it. And they're all talking about how great it is and how much meaning is in, like, in the, like, the connections between the you and other players and mm-hmm. what the things they leave behind in the world. And then there's, like, kind of some people in the middle, which is like, okay, the people who are saying that it's complex are kind of lying, but also it's not as bad as the people who hate it think. So it's, like, just a wide swath of opinions about this thing. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth it even, like, trying it, because I'm so confused. I don't know. I've listened to three reviews on it. Yeah. Um, the first one being that it's a lot of walking, uh-huh. and you just walk and walk and walk, and they wish something had happened, but they just walked and walked and walked. Yeah. Uh, I heard one that said it was super deep uh-huh. uh, in the way Kojima kind of is and that like no one on this planet would even like no one would want to release this game if you pitched (laughs) it but because it's Kojima behind it it got a release Uh and it weirdly has meta context to it and the third one was somewhere in the middle of that where it was (laughs) I get what he's going for but but it's not going to be for everyone and yeah I think that's ultimately probably the ultimate take is that it does seem like this thing's going to be really up some people's alley and it's just not going to work for other people. Mm-hmm. And for everything that I've heard, I'm probably in the latter camp, not the former. Right, and that's why I'm hesitant to sink myself into this yeah. because I've heard that it is a 60-hour game and <sighs> I don't have the that. time for that yeah. this year. Yeah, I, I mean... Well, well, we'll get to this later, but I finished Borderlands, like, I'm still in Outer Worlds, and Pokemon comes out next week, so it's like, where's time? Time, I don't have it. Right. It's gone. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but let's get into some news yes, first before we get to your Borderlands. I just wanted to kind of get our piece said about Death Stranding, since that's the big news this week, really. Mm-hmm. But there's actually other stuff happening. 
yes. There's stuff that's continued to happen. Yes. A uh, blizzard or blizz blizzcon happened. Happened this past weekend, and uh, two many people dressed up as as um. As this took place across from Disneyland at the Anaheim Convention Center, a lot of people decided to dress up in their favorite Disney character, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, a Winnie the Pooh was seen on in the convention center, so somehow it got in. Apparently, uh, they had a Winnie the Pooh convention uh, upstairs that <laughs> they kind of just like melded in between. Weird. Weird how that works out. Yeah, it's weird that they had scheduled something like that on the same day. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that would be. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, just that's just. Poor planning on that. In a completely person. unrelated note. Yeah. In, um, in a completely unrelated note, <laughs> Blizzard President J. Allen Brack uh-huh. opened BlizzCon 2019's keynote with a statement in response to the recent Hearthstone controversy. Yeah. Quote, Blizzard had the opportunity to bring the world together in a Hearthstone tournament. Uh, we did not. We quickly, we moved too quickly in our decision-making, and to make matters worse, we were too slow to talk with you. We didn't live up to the high standards we really set for ourselves, and second, we failed in our purpose. I'm sorry, and I accept accountability. Close quote. So, the thing, though, here is that in a statement I guess he made in an interview later that day, is that he still stands by the company's decision, contrary to what he said in that apology, mm-hmm. and that uh, he doubled down on the fact that they said that it was the statement, not the content of the statement, that was the reason for the suspension. Uh, that is interesting, because yeah. in all of his apologies... <laughs> Right around here. Yeah. You, you see these huge quotes here for apology? Right. He, uh, not once does he make mention to the players, the podcasters, no. or the specific controversy. No. This is a very general PR yeah. statement. Very general. There's nothing specific said that he has said that identifies why people are mad. Yeah. It, typi- it typifies the kind of like non-apologic apology we're getting for this kind of thing pretty much across the board nowadays. Yep. So it's not surprising. It's just worth noting that at least they dedicated 15 minutes to like, at least kind of obliquely mention it. Well, you don't bother them needed to apologize yeah. though, right? Because they have a shit ton of games coming out. And that's the thing, is that they had to kind of sweep it under the rug quickly before all the big announcements to try to win back all the fans. Right, they needed to make this announcement first, so that way when they announced all these other games coming out, you weren't sitting there like, okay, cool, but where's the apology? uh, It's like, we'll get your apology out of the way. Now, please focus on spending money for us. And spend money you will, because they announced a lot of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. They went on to announce Overwatch 2. Yes. Featuring the same multiplayer gameplay and a new co-op mode. Uh, yeah, so what that basically means, to kind of be more specific. Yes, co-op, um, isn't it a... Isn't there no single player option? So, basically it is single player, and I'm using quotes, because you can play it by yourself, but you it, but it is meant to be a co-op mode. Mm-hmm. It's a four-player mode, against robot AI. It's a player versus environment, PvE, as opposed to the traditional multiplayer PvP. PvP. 
So like it's basically offering a more story-driven experience. So this will you'll actually be in story moments of with the characters of Overwatch that will bring more backstory to the to the like over overarching story of Overwatch. Is there a way to kind of like give the fans more character and story because that's what the fans have been asking for pretty much from day one? With Overwatch. Right, but they provided those in terms of cinematics and yeah. launch trailers. But beyond that mode and some um, and some uh, new uh, skins, that's literally it for new content. Are there Overwatch new... 2 will still have the multiplayer mode from Overwatch 1. That is not changing. And that's because they didn't want to divide the player base. Are there new heroes, at least? No. Same heroes. At least not confirmed yet, the same heroes. No confirmed new heroes, uh, at least as of this hmm. recording. I wouldn't be surprised if down the line they did, but keep in mind, anything they do, they don't want to divide the player base. So anything they do has to be aesthetic for multiplayer. They can't mm-hmm. introduce a new hero in just two. They would have to introduce it for one and two. Because really? that's what they're saying. They do not want to change the multiplayer mode. Oof. The only thing new here... And that's why a lot of people are making the argument that calling it Overwatch 2 is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Because the it's just Overwatch stuff DLC. is the only real big new content. Yeah, it's just Overwatch Story DLC. Everything else will be available in some way in Overwatch 1 with updates and patches. Except for the PvE stuff. Hmm. So, yeah. Chances are, though, that this will not be a full-priced game. I really doubt they would try to put this thing out for 60 bucks. But, hey... Blizzard will try, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll definitely try because money. Because money. Yep. Uh, but speaking of money, mm-hmm. they also announced a grittier and bloodier Diablo 4. Yeah, almost as a reaction to Diablo 3's reaction. Uh, if you way remember way back when that was announced. Uh, yes, this was at the beginning of the PS. Cycle? It was right before. P- it was like to- the kind of towards the end of the PS3 generation. Right, uh, but this the Diablo three, 3 coming to consoles was a big deal. It was a big deal, time. but even before that, when it was announced for PC, mm-hmm. people freaked out. At least hardcore Diablo fans did because they were like, "Oh, it's too colorful. It's too like you guys are. It's not as bloody and violent." Mm-hmm. And so this still is probably eating on some like people at Blizzard's brains. And so they're finally just like, all right, fine. We'll give you this really gritty Diablo you want. And I don't know if that's a great idea, but it's still Diablo. And so it's still probably be great. And I'm still like interested to see uh, how it works out because people love Diablo. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, they also announced new expansions for World of Warcraft and Hearthstone. But these yeah. are your typical yearly updates. Yeah, no surprises there, really. Yeah. It's the hardcore will enjoy the, the, the updates. Overall, you had someone go to BlizzCon. We did. I uh, didn't get a lot of feedback from them directly. It seemed like it was just the announcements were the big part. So it's like we just lived it right now. Yeah, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, then let's continue on. Let's continue on to our second story. Uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, so uh, slow news week, which means we got a sales number story. Uh, yes, we do. As Call of Duty colon Modern Warfare has sold extremely well at launch, even by Call of Duty standards. Activision, in an attempt to pump up their numbers, pump, pump, announced pump that its first three days on the market 
were the best for any game in the series this console generation. And it has also become the top-selling new game release of 2019. Mm-hmm. Activision also boasted that it has already bought it, brought in more than $600 million in worldwide sales through and, uh, and topped PS4 digital pre-orders and three-day digital sale records, which is a serious win for the company. It also beat the company's internal digital sales record, as well as its records for biggest Call of Duty launch on PC. The company does note that uh, this is continu- that this is counting both retail and digital sales units, including sales of the Charity Defender Pack. Of the Charity Defender Pack. Sales of that of that DLC will go on to benefit the Call the Call of Duty endowment. So yeah, this is not super surprising considering that it's I'm a sure Call of Duty game. The reason why they rebooted the Modern Warfare name was to get people talking about Call of Duty again. Because, yeah, this generation hasn't been stellar for it. I mean, we saw, you know, some excitement over Black Ops 4 last year, but it was diminishing returns, really, this entire generation. I mean, think about it. Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare... Uh, World War Two. World War II. They've all been, like, kind of, like, base hits, not home runs, you know? Well... When they started applying more and more loot boxes into it, right, and going away more and more from a story perspective, right, people kind of got fed up with what they yeah, were doing. Black Ops Four literally last year didn't even have a campaign, so yeah, it's like I think that maybe this is kind of an, uh, the success of this is kind of like self fulfilling prophecy almost mm-hmm. because they knew that if they put the game Modern Warfare on a game again, that the fans would return, and they did. You stop Modern Warfare on it. You give it a single-player campaign, right. and people will buy it. And also, I hear that it's a good one this year. That's the other part of it, is mm-hmm. that the quality went up again. Good word of mouth. And so, yeah, you have the word of mouth on it, for sure, where people are saying, like, Call of Duty is good again. So, yeah. Also, a lot of the uh, story elements are taken from real-world events as well. Uh, things that have happened literally within the past 15 years. So, maybe 10 years, actually. Since the first, <laughs> since Modern Warfare yeah. came out. Right. Actually, I want to say since Modern Warfare came out. That was 2007. Seven. Seven. Yeah. So, yeah. Ten years Eight, of... Twelve years now. Twelve years of story development. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. You know, like, it's interesting uh, to, like, to basically see, but it's super not surprising. I might red box this. For a I'd weekend, try it, but like it's just so just for the story see. though, because I played the two v two alpha, right? And I enjoyed it, but I'm not gonna buy it because you know I'm not gonna is. play yeah, it. Yeah, like you've been there. No, there. I want to do it for the story mode. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I might, I almost just want to try some classic old multiplayer, but like, eh. yeah, maybe we'll buy two over. Have a not. good day. Maybe yeah. call it duty day. Call it a duty day. A duty day. Duty day. Yep. That's it though for. Uh, video game news. Alright, that brings us to thoughts, and you... I did it. Finally! I finally did it. You uh, completed Borderlands 3. If you told me that out of the two of us that I would be the first one to finish Borderlands, I would have said you were crazy, and yet that's what happened. Uh, yes, I had other things happen in my yes. life that <laughs> takes priority. But yeah, uh, I finished that game. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot more from where I left off. 
There's like, I mean, it was a chunk, but it wasn't a huge chunk in Borderlands standards. Um, also, I did some like side quests once I got to the final kind of area too, so I was kind of taking my time. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it still seemed a little underwhelming. The final boss was also kind of easy. And, like, it's just, I don't know how many times you can just, like, for a series that's known for, like, having real stupid bosses, especially mm-hmm. at the end of the game, I ex- kept expecting there to be a Cromerax, and there's never a Cromerax. Hmm. Like, I just kept expecting, okay, where's the boss that I'm going to have to, like, glitch something out in order to beat? Yeah. And that's not in this game, at least not in the main quest line. Uh, so, yeah, I got to that. The credits rolled. You know, there's a big story event that happens at the very end of the game. And a very on-the-nose song that plays on the, in the credits in reaction to it. I, you, I just need you to see it because it's the stupidest thing. Well, you, so you like, told me it's not the never-ending story song. No, it's not. Okay. Because that's what this game feels like to me. It is basically that. Because, and I told you this before we started recording, it is seriously the never-ending game. Because somehow I ended up starting it over again once I finished it. Because New I'm Game Plus. Because I'm crazy. New Game Plus, right? Yeah, I, I, which is true Vault Hunter mode in this game. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the classic New Game Plus where it's uh, in Borderlands where the uh, it picks up with everything that you already had, all of your perks, mm-hmm. uh, your level is intact, and it just scales up all the enemies to where you're at. So basically, you're doing the first mission again, but everybody's level 45. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's like good, I guess, if you want to continue on. And then there is some post-game content in there. Uh, there's the uh, skill medallions that you start earning, which is like a separate, uh, separate, like uh, experience meter essentially. Okay. Where even after you hit the cap of level cap of fifty, these still grow, and you can keep getting like adding on to skills just like you did in uh, Borderlands Two. Except this time, there are even more uh, like additional perks that you unlock by unlocking those percentage skills. So, for example, if I put enough points into shield recovery or max health and stuff like that, I will get either special skins or special abilities like the one I mentioned earlier, which was like the ability to aim down sights while in uh, down but not out mode. Mm. So it's like constantly introducing new things, which is crucial because there are some really tough extra challenges that are in the side missions in this game. There's a uh, Mad Moxie-style arena that you can find where it's just round after round, wave after wave of enemies. Mm. Except this one you actually earn EXP from. Yay! (laughs) Which is not the case before. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's it's fun, but it's hard. It's like a really good challenge. So it gives you something at least to aspire to and a reason to get your skills up. Uh, to, like, the maximum you can. So there's a lot more in this game um, after you beat it, and, like, yeah, it just never ends. I'm a little not as sour on it as I was the last couple weeks. I think once I returned to it, and once I had some closure with it, (laughs) I have now accepted and moved on a little bit from where I was. It's still not even close to being the best Borderlands game, nor is it my favorite Borderlands game. You're still on one? I still love one. It's still got a special place in my heart. But if you want Borderlands, this is that. And so, like, it's going to be a lot of people's favorite game this year. Not going to be mine, but it's definitely going to be uh, exactly what people want it to be. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, if I was to review it, 
I'd probably give it around like a seven if on a ten point scale, okay. or like a three on a five point scale. Cool, but we don't like, do that kind of scale. I know, but if yeah, the media boat scale doesn't really apply here though, because like if you wanted this game, you've bought it already. Yeah, and you're already playing it, so there's nothing that I can say that'll change your mind. So yeah, it's boring. Okay. Uh, other than that, I, I kind of haven't been playing much. I didn't. I need to jump back into uh, an Outer Worlds. Pokemon comes out next week. I will be playing that, and then I will be getting a iPhone in the next couple days, which means I will be able to play a lot more of the Apple Arcade stuff that I haven't been able to play on uh, my computer. So I'll have continuing updates about the wonderful world of Apple Arcade on this podcast. Yay! Look forward to it. Yeah, all right. Uh, I have been playing a mobile game uh, because I have Google Play Pass. Okay. Uh, the game that kept being bombarded me with messages till I finally gave in and said, okay, fine, I'll try you out. Okay. Uh, was Game Dev Tycoon. Oh, Game Dev Tycoon. I've heard of this. Yes. Uh, you start as a developer for starting uh, with basic 2D games uh-huh. and uh, script-based games or text-based games. And you slowly put out new games and go through the motions of of trying out what works, going to conventions, buying booths at conventions, um, upgrading yourself, uh, upgrading your skills of what you can uh, develop, creating new game engines, hiring staff, making sure the staff is happy. All sure the elements of running a studio. Yeah. Uh, make sure staff goes on vacation, stuff like that. Make mm-hmm. sure they're not overworked. Um, I played this pretty non-stop until <laughs> I beat it. Wow. Because uh, when I eventually went bankrupt multiple times, <laughs> it it stopped you and said, hey, you went bankrupt. Uh, you're going to have to start the whole level over. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I know what I did wrong. I know what I have to prioritize now. And I just went back and just redid it again. Did you get failed again? Year at the end? I eventually kept failing. Uh, no. The <laughs> end game is um, after 35 years in the business, it gave me a lifetime achievement. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, it started from uh, basic PC and all the way up to current um, PlayStation 4 and <laughs> Xbox One. That's fun. And even a swap. Eh. A.K.A. the Switch. Yeah, Swap. Yeah. That's cute. Because uh, you can't use actual names. Right. But uh, it was definitely fun and definitely challenging. Every time I was able to like figure out, oh, this works and people like this game, and all of a sudden, now I go from scrounging around at the $10,000 mark to a million dollars. Like, oh, <laughs> wow. I, I, this is an actual hit. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. No. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Trends change, man. Keep uh, up the time. Oh, I try. I keep. I kept. Eventually, I got to the point where I just throw in the wall and see what sticks. And Tomb Raider's only going to work for three years. You're going to have to do something else. Well, it's not even that because <laughs> when you develop a new engine, yeah. um, and you develop a new game, not all the engine pieces work. Uh, not work. You'll you'll over you'll overclock the engine. It's and like, so it'll, it'll only run at like eighty percent. It's of the like time the exact problem that EA is having with Frostbite right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. art imitates life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that sounds fun. It's definitely a fun game. Uh, like I said, I was able to eventually beat it, 
and have a full working staff in 35 years and release my superhero MMO. <laughs> uh, oh, you're bringing back City of Heroes. That's very nice of you. Basically, that's what I did. It very was, gallant. It, it was an action sim game. <laughs> Uh, no, an action RPG yeah. Uh, MMO. Yeah, you're bringing back City of Heroes. Well, yeah. somebody had to. Someone had to. And it, it got me to the uh, $500 million mark, oh. at which point it it then triggered the end game of, hey, you received a Lifetime Achievement Award, and you can continue playing after it, which I did. And I immediately lost all that money oh, no. <laughs> trying to develop um, my own uh, hardware. Oh. My own hardware. Oh, I tried to be a hardware manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, that's a stupid idea. I tried. I I I, I uh, upped one of my employees to a to a hardware major <laughs> or to a hardware dev, yeah. and just tried to make my own hardware out of it. And it just just kept sinking my money into it, not really paying attention to the games I was putting out. And because the MMO never goes away. So eventually my MO just started eating all my costs, <laughs> as well as the dev eating all my costs. Oh, no. And next thing I knew, I was I went from five hundred million down to like sixty million. I was like, oh shit, pull everything, pull everything, panic mode. Flew close to close to the sun. Well, I eventually did go over and burned out my game, but Your Icarus game. Hey, it's definitely <laughs> a fun game. Uh, definitely fun insight into uh, yeah. video game making because it is partially a history lesson yeah. uh, of all the game consoles that have come before it and all, like the trial and error of video game companies. That's cool. So yeah. it's a fun game. I def, uh, it was free on Google Play Pass. Uh, definitely fun worth checking out. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. And we are over our time here, so let's wrap this up. Actually, we a pretty tight show today, all things considered. I know, but we're an hour 30 right now, yeah, and we have... Right. Yet to mention that this is our 200th episode. We mentioned it at the top. What are you talking about? Oh, well. Thank you for What started us. at the beginning shall now end us, as exactly. we mention it yet again. Thank you for joining us for this 200th episode of the Media Boat Podcast. If you are watching live, you know this, but if you weren't watching live, join us live on YouTube.com. Next week, we will not be live. What? I warned you, but you probably forgot. Next week, next Wednesday, will be a solo show by you, because I will be gone. What? I will be in, uh, in uh, uh, Santa Ana. I will be seeing Slater Kenny. Wait, is that next week? That is next week. That came up fast. That came up fast, didn't Wow. It? So, yeah, that is Wednesday. Uh, so, yeah, we will not be live next week, but we will be live the following week. I, I may or may not be Maybe. alive. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, when we are live, though, you can find us on YouTube. Well, no, because the following week, you're doing a solo cast. Oh, yeah, right. So we will not be live two so, weeks. Okay, so we won't be live, but we will have podcasts up. We'll figure something out Yes. Uh, for you, I believe. And, and, and there'll be an extra question, too, the week after that, because that'll be the day before Thanksgiving. So we really have to think about this. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or we just, like, call here and just say we hit 200. <laughs> No, we said every week, damn it. <laughs> we said every week? We said every week. All right. All right. Um, damn you, habits. We can just maybe get a bunch in the can. I don't know. Yeah, we probably uh, could do that. We, uh, yeah, so th- uh, you can catch us when we do eventually go live again, probably in December, uh, <laughs> on YouTube.com. Just search Media Boat Podcast and find our channel there. Like, subscribe, click the bell, get notifications when we go live. If you want to hear the audio version, we're also available in that way. Uh, podcast form. 
Go to Apple Podcasts and look up Mediable Podcast. Find us there. You can also find us on most RSS feed driven uh, services. Just type us in and you'll grab our back catalog as well as upcoming episodes. You can also uh, see us play video games on twitch.tv slash mediaboat uh, every once in a while there. Yep, got some tig biddies going on there. Tig Borderlands continues, and everything else. Uh, You can also find us on social media. On Twitter, we're at MediaBoatCast. On Facebook, search MediaBoatPodcast. Find our page, like, and comment there as well. And then, of course, we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash MediaBoat is where you can go to help us out with money. It does cost money. Uh, by the way, I got an email about payment information regarding our uh, hosting account. So oh, that's right. probably for me because uh, it's November. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if you want to help us uh, support the show, uh, please consider donating on patreon.com slash mediaboat. As low as a dollar a month can still help us out. So consider even that low, low, low price uh, will help us out. So please consider donating. And then uh, last but not least, if you want to ask us any questions, give us any recommendations, just feedback, anything at all, you can email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And that will be it. That will wrap us up here for 200 200 episodes. I've done this 200 times. Uh, Well, we've done this more than 200 times. But we have put episodes out. On a weekly basis for 200 straight weeks. 200 straight weeks. Can you believe it? Let's see. We've done solo casts. We've done cross-country casts. We've done cross-double-continents casts. Those are fun times. Oh, yeah. So uh, catch us for a couple of uh, weeks of recorded podcasts for you. We'll not be live, but thank you anyway for joining us on this live show. We will be back in podcast form, so stay tuned next week. Yep, next week I'll do a solo cast and then throw it over to Matt for a solo cast. And we'll figure out Thanksgiving weekend when it comes. Figure it out. All right, bye. All right, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.